I think the more planning you do, the less stress you put on yourself uh, at the time that something happens and um, will then allow you to do the emotional healing, you know, as easily as, as you can. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss planning for death. Nobody wants to talk about it, but it is important. Stay tuned. Do you want to make 2017 the best year yet for your marriage? Subscribe to the Hitch newsletter so you can stay up to date with the latest marriage information and tips from the leading experts. Go to hitchmag.com. There is a gray box on the right-hand side asking for your email address. Click subscribe and you're done. Again, that's hitchedmag.com. You can click the newsletter link to see all the newsletters we offer, or you can fill out your email address in the subscribe box. Click the subscribe button, and you're done. Happy New Year. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Uh, today, is we are going to talk about death. Um, but before we do that, I want to introduce you properly. Uh, you guys are listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. As I mentioned, we're going to talk about death and more specifically planning for death. Um, in thinking about this, we all know death is going to happen to all of us at some point, and so there's no point in ignoring it. Marriage as an institution is till death do us part. So I thought today we could discuss how couples could or should prepare for the inevitable. Um, to get things started, I want to preface this by saying that you never know when it's going to happen, um, hopefully when we're really old. Uh, but that's not always the case. And so first, Karen, I want to ask, what are some things couples should talk about concerning their untimely passing? Well, before I even answer that, what I want to say is that this is probably a really uncomfortable subject for most people, let alone couples, and not one that they're likely to want to discuss. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm glad that we're talking about it. Um, I hope that uh, people will stay tuned and continue to, to listen to the podcast because it is an uncomfortable subject. People don't like to think about the fact that at some point we are going to die, even though it does happen to everybody. Uh, we don't like to consider the fact that our mate, you know, might pass. Um, and the whole topic is just something that makes everyone uncomfortable, where in fact, and I'm, I'm going to go a bit existential on us, the reality is that if we would accept that that is something that's going to happen, we would probably live a lot differently. Um, so I, as I said, I'm glad that we're t talking about this. I think it's beneficial not only uh, as a topic for married people, but as a topic that is important for us individually. When you, uh, when uh, sorry to interrupt, when you say we would probably live differently, 
uh, what do you mean by that? Do you mean that we put things off because we feel like we're we we're going to have time some at some point in the future? Well, I think yeah, I think for a lot of reasons. For instance, um, you know, I'm a New Yorker. Now, in my case, um, I have seen the Statue of Liberty, but I didn't do that until I was you know an adult. Um, and, you know, in my in my middle age, mm-hmm. um, you know, so you tend to think, oh, you know, the Statue of Liberty will always be here. I don't have to get to it. Um, I think that, first of all, we put things off. I think the other thing is that when we don't truly accept and um, totally acknowledge our death, um, we don't enjoy each day and appreciate each day as much as we really can because we don't take into account the fact that our time is limited. Um, So we don't live to our fullest extent. That's why I said I'm going to be existential for a moment because existentialists feel that we're not truly free and we're not truly living to our fullest extent until we accept that we're going to die because once we truly accept that, then we live our lives differently. We live our lives truly in a compassionate, appreciative, um, much more fulfilled kind of way. Mm. Okay. Um, and to get us back on track because uh, I derailed it, <laughs> so what should couples do or um, consider in, in discussing or preparing? Well, to acknowledge that one never knows. And so let's talk about, you know, what are some of the things that are important to you as far as, you know, how you would like to have the rituals of your passing handled. Um, what are things that are, are important to you? Are there certain things from an, a religious point of view? Are there certain things from a traditional point of view? Now you're going to laugh. I have good friends that when I was um, writing a paper for my uh, graduate study, I had to interview couples and I was asking, you know, something about Uh, your five-year plan and they both looked at each other as if I had asked you know something like I was from Mars like a five-year plan Mm -hmm. and yet my husband and I have spoken a nauseam about what do we want our funeral arrangements to be like (laughs) Uh what do we want you know the funeral to look like what do we want to be dressed in you know etc etc but that's unusual. Most people, you know, don't talk like that and don't discuss it. And yet, um, I think it's an important conversation to have. Um, maybe not to the detail that my husband and I have spoken about, but certainly, you know, do you want to be cremated? Do you want to be buried? Um, I read an article recently that now there are actual burial pods where, uh, your body gets planted in such a way that you then become a tree. Um, and I suppose there are some people who, for environmental sake, would think that that's fabulous. Mm-hmm. And when I was telling my husband about it, we both sort of, you know, were a little skeeved by it. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think that people may or may not realize it, but they they do have – um, expectations or desires, um, and it's important that you let your mate know it because after you've passed, whether you believe in afterlife or not, it's certainly going to be hard to communicate it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you mentioned you, the either wanting to be cremated or buried it's, or planted as a tree, um, whatever the option may be. Uh, is that something your spouse should know or how important is something like that? Because obviously when they pass, they're not going to know the difference. I mean, I, I assume. <laughs> right, right. I, I do think it's important to honor and respect what your spouse wanted. Um, I think it's a respectful thing to do uh, to, in fact, carry through their wishes. Um, you know, if, if it was not significant to them, if it was not important to them, then I think go ahead with what has meaning for you. But if it was something that was really important to the person, then it's important, I believe, to honor their wishes. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things that I wanted to bring up is we recently published an article about um, the appropriateness of planning for a funeral or um, the untimely death of of a spouse. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that the article highlights is the fact that it's not necessarily for you, but for the survivors, mm-hmm. um, yes, because it makes that process easier. Because absolutely, you don't want them making really tough decisions when yes. while they're going through the grieving process. So yes, you know yes, you, you, and, yeah. and that, by the way, Steve, I'm sorry to cut you off, <clears throat> is not only for the actual death, but I think that there should be conversation about if you're chronically ill. Mm. As a matter of fact, um, there was the book oh gosh i'm forgetting the title again recently that was written it'll come to me as we're talking during the podcast about aging and um one of the uh points that the author was making is that when somebody gets chronically ill and in many cases the person cannot really uh speak their their wishes uh articulately that it's important that you let your family members know what it is you want, how it is you want to be treated, and that it makes it so much easier for the family to know what to do and not have to guess. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's why we have like, uh, you know, uh, do not resuscitate orders, you know, whether you want drastic measures, Mm -hmm. um, you know, how you want your care to be taken care of. And it really does make it easier. Not only are you respecting the wishes of the person who's sick, but you are also making it so much easier. The burden is so much less of a burden on the family because they know what you want to have done for you. Yeah, and, and we've on, on that point, we've seen famous cases where the spouse um, has had conversations with their partner about what their wishes are, but the parents of their spouse come in and want to want to um, impose some some other outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we know these things can be difficult. Uh, so you just never know. Right. So again, you know, the more that you can talk, uh, and if you can even write it down, uh, the better off it is yeah. for everybody, for everybody concerned. Okay. Um, now I know some people say that if they pass, they want their spouse to move on and be happy. Um, you know, f- you know, find somebody else that kind of a thing. Um, I also know people who are like, you never better, never marry anybody again. I'm the love of your life. Um, is there any benefit to expressing, um, these kind of desires or wishes that I just want you to be happy? Um, if something happened, ever happened to me? I think so. 
because again, there are going to be some people who are going to feel horribly guilty and feel like, you know, uh, they shouldn't be doing this. And if your mate has basically said, you know, look, I'm going to pass at some point and, you know, I, I want you to be able to continue living. I want you to have a life. And, you know, of course, I always want you to have a special place in your heart for me, but do move on. I think it makes it easier for everybody. Um, again, you know, I've always been honest about my situation and um, used myself as uh, an example. I've told my husband that I do want him to be happy, but would you please at least wait a year or so, <laughs> you know, to, to show some, you know, respect or some decency? Because we, you know, we know, and this, by the way, is research. We know that men don't fare as well as women mm-hmm. when they are the, uh, the ones who survive. Mm-hmm. And we also know from research that men have a much greater need to be with somebody when they're older than a woman does. And so they're very often um, finding new partners very quickly. Yeah. Uh, I I, I wish I had the uh, stats in front of me, but you're so right about that research. There is some extraordinary number of the the likelihood of a husband passing within like the first 12 to 18 months of his wife passing yeah uh in older age um it's like i mean it really skyrockets i mean for women it goes up but it's just like it kind of like just ticks up whereas for men it like drastically shoots up it's it's cra- it's crazy mm-hmm. How, mm-hmm. how that is yeah mm-hmm. yeah so um you know i think that um there's a good likelihood that, um, again, because the need is there to not be lonely, um, that the man is going to find somebody else. Um, and I think that if you really love your mate, um, why wouldn't you want them to be happy going mm-hmm. forward? So it would be very um loving and caring if you said, you know, go ahead and, and find somebody else. It, it, it's okay. Um, I don't know that everybody feels that they need that permission, but I think it makes it a little bit easier if you give it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and I like your rule too. The, the wait a year, show a little respect, have that process of mourning. I'm also guessing that particularly if you were in a good, happy marriage, that you would need that amount of time at least um, to like work through the emotions of the loss. So that seems like a very good, um, rule that you guys have established. I thought that was fair. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So I'm assuming that you have dealt with clients who have, uh, and your 30 years of experience in therapy who have lost somebody close to them or lost a spouse. Um, is there anything that couples should consider when they're in good health that you think is forgotten or that has come up through your experience in dealing with people? Well, unfortunately, that as sad as it is, even though you might be in good health, stuff happens. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember a a friend of mine whose husband passed when she was in her 30s um, and left her with two young children. Um, I know of somebody else Uh, my daughter's friend who was in that situation. I have a friend now who I didn't know when she was back in her 30s. She was in that situation. I mean, things happen, Mm -hmm. you know, things happen. Um, 
there are accidents that happen. You know, death is unfortunately not something we can predict. So, um, again, you know, just almost the way we started the podcast, uh, since it's not something we can predict and we have no control over it, it would be um, it would behoove us to have an uncomfortable but important conversation so that we sort of um, discuss the 300-pound gorilla in the room. Maybe they're more, they weigh more than that. I don't know, 800-pound <laughs> gorilla in the room. And know our feelings about it. Um, you know, how we would want to continue, how we would handle things. Where are the important papers? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who do I call? Um, you know, are there certain people that would, if, if I'm an emotional wreck, would know um, certain, you know, resources or, you know, how, uh, mm-hmm. how to handle certain things? Uh, because most of the time, especially when it's unexpected, um, you're so emotional that that you don't know how to handle things and you don't know uh, where X, Y, or Z is. So, if you're at least um, aware of, okay, I don't have to know everything. I just have to know where my resources are so that I can get to these people. Mm-hmm. At least you're, you know, better off that way. So as a, as a base, it's almost like just get through the logistics. Right. Like just understand that there are logistics that will need to be, get taken care of Correct. and how to access that information. Correct. Um, you know, a, a, a will might be a good idea. Oh, for sure. A right. Will. Um, I'm sorry. You know, to me, that is, was so, um, matter of fact that I forgot to say it. Thank you for saying it. Absolutely. There has to be a will. And if you have children, that should be like, you know, after you've settled in, that should be the first thing that you should be doing is setting up a will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not the, um, yes. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. It's it's interesting too because we now live in this digital age where all this information is online or a lot of it's mm-hmm. online. And mm-hmm. um, your spouse having access, I think, is important um, to your stuff. Mm-hmm. And yes. uh, so you know, here are the important numbers. Here's how you get to my passwords. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here's who you can call who will know things. You know, at the very least, you know, I. A couple of years ago, um, somebody I know, uh, husband passed, and it was shocking to me. I almost feel there should be some kind of a law that all the companies for the first three months after somebody's spouse passes can't come after you for bills mm-hmm. because you can't think straight, sure. you know? And yet, you know, it was like this person was calling her and that person take care of this and take care of that. And she was just so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I think that if in your conversation, you at least say, okay, you know, I've written everything down for you. Whoever it is that takes care of the bills or who takes care of, you know, the, the logistics or the business end in the family, you know, and, and so here's where you go to get that information. That would be a tremendous help because it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just too much. Yeah. Getting help from uh, so, somebody from like the close immediate family or something might also help in those situations. And um, I also know that there's uh, a lot of times when there's like a family tragedy that there might often be a spokesperson for the family. 
mm-hmm. that kind of takes takes the reins, and the people that, who are most immediate or closest uh, are are offered um, that that space to grieve mm-hmm. where yes. they need to. So, yes. Um, is, is there anything else that we're missing that uh, you know? I I. I we keep talking about this as being like an uncomfortable topic, but one of the things that we also go back to is like how difficult these decisions are in the moment of grief. So um, while this isn't something that people are like, oh, let me run home and be like, hey, you know what we should really do? Um, But these are the important conversations you need to have while you're in a stable state of mind. Well, now again, this may be hard for some people, but if if you can, uh, if you're going to do burial or even, you know, if you're going to do cremation, if you can pre-purchase your plots mm-hmm. or uh, where it is that you're going to have, if you if you decide that you're going to um, uh, store your ashes, if you can purchase that beforehand, um, you're going to be much better off. Uh, if nothing else, let's remember that when you are emotional – you're much less likely to make clear decisions. So let me give it to you in the positive. When you're planning a wedding and you're so excited and happy and everything, you don't, you don't think clearly about, oh, what's another $100 here? What's an un, you know, another $100 there? Mm-hmm. Well, in the same way, when you're grieving and the funeral director says to you, well, would you like this coffin or would you like this coffin that's lined with velvet mm-hmm. so that your spouse can be comfortable the rest of their, you know, their time? Mm-hmm. Well, the, you know, the velvet costs another $3,000, but really, are they going to feel the comfort? I mean, I know that's a little crass, but, sure. you know, and, and it's like, oh, well, no, of course, I, you know, I want them to be comfortable. You're not thinking clearly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, pre-purchasing that, is, is certainly going to be much better. Trying to find a plot when you're in the middle of grieving. Why do you need that burden? Yeah. It's, a, it's a horrible burden to have. Um, if you can even prepay your funeral, first of all, it will be less expensive. And uh, the other part is, again, you can make all the decisions. The person, you know, who is still alive can make all their decisions. Um, The other thing I'm going to tell you, I was in a very unique situation many, many years ago. Um, My mother had three aunts and my mother had moved um, away and I was responsible for when they died handling um, their tombstones. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have any real emotional attachment to them. And I actually comparison shopped, which is, you know, you, you don't do generally. Sure. But because I had the advantage of no emotion, I was able to comparison shop and bargain <laughs> and, and, you know, able to get a better price. Again, I was in a unique position because I didn't have emotions. So what I'm trying to say is the more that you can make these decisions when you're not in the middle of grieving, the better off you are. Mm-hmm. And certainly if you can do this pre um, death, then you're going to have less emotion involved. Um, I totally agree. I actually had, you reminded me of a story and I can't believe I didn't think of this sooner, uh, that I want to wrap up with here. So, uh, my wife, 
on her family's side, they had purchased a plot, uh, like a family plot, many, many years ago at this um, cemetery on the East Coast. And her grandmother passed, and they went to bury her with her husband. And the cemetery had gone bankrupt. Oh, my. And couldn't get to the plot, couldn't use the facility. Um, There were a group of local people who were um, doing some maintenance uh, of the cemetery. It was completely overgrown uh, because it had famous people buried there. Um, mm-hmm. Like American historical famous people, mm-hmm. like uh, people who f- helped found the country, kind of people, um, and so they they were you know just doing this volunteer work, um, and so uh, she had some family members who went and spoke with them and explained the situation. And long story short, we wound up uh, breaking into the cemetery. Um, oh. The uh, the the groundskeepers who were doing this volunteer work had carved a path uh, to where the family plot was so that we could bury her grandmother. Wow. Um, and after that had taken place, they then marked that cemetery as a historical landmark, blah, 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 whatever, mm-hmm. um, to preserve the space. But at the time, um, it was it was one of those things where uh, we had to kind of circumvent the rules a little bit. Yeah. And it was one of these things where even with best laid plans, um, off to go awry of mice and men, as Robert Frost said, the family had the plot and the plot was really old. I mean, going back hundreds of years old and uh, all of a sudden it was bankrupt and it happened. Um, yeah. I think during the great recession time frame. Uh, you know, when all sorts of things were mm-hmm. flipping. So anyways, um, you just never know what kind of circumstances you're going to um, fall into. But I will say this, with all of that said, even though the the cemetery is bankrupt, we knew what the wishes were. We mm-hmm. knew where she wanted to be buried. We knew how she wanted to be buried. Um, so there were a lot of things that, were, you know, we were still met with challenges. Uh, I, I shouldn't really include myself because I wasn't part of the planning process, but the family was met with challenges, um, but they weren't um, some of the bigger decisions, I would say. It was just mm-hmm. a matter of logistics. How are they going to execute? Right. So, um, so you just never know, but having plans in place are, are important. So um, before we wrap this one up, did you have anything else that you wanted to add or are we, we good for now? No, I think we're good for now. But again, I think the more planning you do – the less stress you put on yourself uh, at the time that something happens and um, will then allow you to do the emotional healing, um, you know, as easily as, as you can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, with that, uh, I hope you guys find this at least mildly inspirational to do some planning. Um, and hopefully you've already done some planning, but if not, you know, maybe this is a little, uh, poke to get going that direction. Uh, until next time, I want to thank you so much for your time, Karen. Uh, as we said at the top, this is a bit of an uh, uncomfortable topic, but I think a very important and necessary one. So thank you so much for your time and for your advice. Thank you, Steve. 
I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life, the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this info at her website, drkarensherman.com. Uh, we have links to this stuff on our website, hitchedmag.com. You can also follow uh, Karen and Hitched on the social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Um, and if you have any questions or uh, anything that you'd like us to cover, please let us know. We are always uh, looking for new and exciting things to discuss. So I uh, hope to hear from you. One last time. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve. Take care. All right, you too. All right, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody. Are you ready? We look into each other's eyes. We know that it's showtime. Clear our heads of all our worries and fears. Now we